Hallelujah. How y'all doing? All right, my voice is, I'm losing it a little bit, but I think I got one more in me. Are y'all ready? All right, let's go. This side's Hallelujah. This side's glory. Are you ready? All right. yourselves. You made it. Let's go. Can we, can we take a second? And we had people last night accept Jesus for the first time. Can we, come on. That is what it's all about. We had a room full of people also say yes to Jesus again and rededicate their lives back to Jesus. So can we give it up for that? And here's what I want you to do. Because you and I, we don't know what people came up here with. We don't know um, how they're going back to the, or what they're going back to. So I just want us to take an opportunity right now. Look at the person next to you. Yeah, we're going to start where, we're going to finish where we started. Amen. We started looking at each other awkwardly. We're going to end. Looking at each other awkwardly. Hallelujah. That good eye contact. It's getting super awkward. How you doing? Amen. Glory to God. And all I want you to do now is I just want you to start clapping for them. Because they made it. Give it up for them. They made it. Now I want you to go to the other person on the other side and say, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. But I want to clap for you too. Let's go. You made it. You made it, you made it, you made it. And I'm thankful for you all. It has been a blessing to serve you in this capacity. I don't take for granted the opportunity to share God's word and to open up God's word with you. Um, and I'm just, I'm blessed by you. So I just want to thank you because you came up here. Wherever you found yourself, your heart was open and ready for a move of God. And I just want to encourage you in this, that that is going to continue to happen. And um, as you guys saw in the video, things shifted really quickly. Like things shifted really quickly. And I was kind of, I was like, oh, wow, that, man, he's not here anymore. That's crazy. And I just think that that video is really a great illustration of how things can shift so fast in our lives. Like, think about this. You guys are up here on a mountain. We are experiencing God. We're hearing the word. We're worshiping. Some of us are, like, diving in to some hard stuff that we have numbed for years. Some of us are diving into some hard things. Some of us are having first-time conversations that we've never had before. Some of us are pulling our friends in to help us. Some of us are pulling our pastors in, our leaders in, our counselors in to help us with things we've been struggling with for years. And I just want to say, like, good job, family. I just want to say that to you. I just want to say that is such a blessing. I just want to say great job. I just want to say we are proud of you for taking those steps because it is not easy. But this environment makes it easier. It makes it easier. Because, look, we're going to celebrate you. You fall down on the step somewhere right there, we're going to be like, hallelujah, get on up. We want you to be okay. It was kind of funny, but hallelujah, right? We got your back, but here's the reality is you and I, we get to go back to the same unchanged situations. We get to go back now to um, those relationships that maybe we know we probably shouldn't be in, but we don't necessarily know how to let them know, like, hey, uh, I've I, I rededicated my life to Jesus now, so I can't, you know, we, I, you're kind of toxic, you're low-key toxic, so back up off me. We don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> maybe I gave you language to do that right now. You, you low-key toxic, back up off me. That's okay. 
that's okay. So we're going back to situations, circumstances. Some of us are going back to family situations. Some of us, in some cases, we don't necessarily know what we're going back to. So I just want to encourage you. I want to give you, I want to open up the scriptures a little bit. And I want to give you a few things that you can take with you down the hill. But I also want to give you some super duper practical things to walk out as you continue to grow in your faith. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. And as we've been looking at Solomon, we've been on this journey, and the journey has been from where to where? Journey's been from where to where? Oh, y'all are so good. The journey has been from the hand of God to the face of God. And I just want to give you a few ways that we can continue the journey of not just going to God for what's in his hands, even though what's in his hands is meant for us, even though what's in his hands is a blessing, but sometimes what's in his hands is discipline. Sometimes what is in his hands is a no or a not yet to something that we really wanted and desired. That's why it's important that we get to a place where we see his face. Because it's, it's, it's totally different when you look at somebody's hands and they're just like, no. It feels like, no, you can't have this, not today, no. But when we look at God and we see him and we can know that he's saying, no, this is not the best thing for you now. Then we can take his hand and he can walk us through seasons of our life that might be challenging. And we saw Solomon. Where did Solomon start, y'all? Yeah, there we go. Y'all are good. He started at the face. He started asking God. God came to him in the vision, in the dream, and said, what do you want? And Solomon said, give me wisdom to lead this great people that you have given me to lead. Give me wisdom. And when Solomon asked for that, God said, spliggity cacao, all the wisdom. It will not be Try, it will not, no one will be able to see the wisdom that you are about to put on display as king. All the wisdom and fame and fortune. And as Solomon continued to live his life, he saw that everything was meaningless. Meaningless, purposeless, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And this is the journey that he went on. I love it because the Bible keeps it so 100 that... Solomon was like, gas, gas up the chariots, we're going to Vegas. We're going to do everything that we want to do. Like, I love that because Solomon said, I withheld no pleasure from myself. I gave myself everything I ever wanted and desired. I gave it all to myself. I held nothing back. And he came to the conclusion, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And as we come to the end, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it says this, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. So here's what I want to just, if you take notes, write this down. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. I do not stand before you getting ready to say what I wish I could stand before you and say. Because here's what I wish I could stand before you and say. I wish I could stand before you and I wish I could say, oh, man, you're a believer. Amen. Hallelujah. You've accepted Jesus. Woo, let's get it, get it. Life is going to be rainbows, skittles, and butterflies from here on out. Easy street. You did it. Whoa, let's go. I wish I could sit here and say that. I wish I could say that to myself. I wish I could be like, yes, I, as soon as I accepted Jesus, gold. I just started walking on roads of gold, and everything was beautiful, and I loved it. Life has been great ever since. Lies. No, 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 my friend. It has not been great ever since. That has not been the situation. That is not the reality. The reality is life is hard. The reality is life is disappointing at times. This is the reality. But here's what's awesome. You and I, we get to choose our heart. 
And when you get ready to go back down the hill, you get to choose your heart. There's hard things that are going to come, and we get to choose. What's the heart that I'm going to choose? And here's what's dope. You and I, we get to choose our heart. And, and, and what I mean by that is it's going to be hard anyways. So now we get to choose what is the heart that we engage in. What is the heart that we engage in? And what Solomon is saying right here, he is saying, fear God and obey his commands. That is hard. That is hard. But, 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 you know what's hard? Trying to come out of drug addiction. You know what's hard? Trying to beat a pornography addiction. You know what's hard? Trying to find my identity in people who I think I want to be like. I want to be in that group. I want to be a part of that group. That's hard. These things are hard, but I love it because with, as believers, we get to choose our hard. And it doesn't mean things are going to be easy, but one of the hearts that you and I get to choose is to fear God. And simply do what he says. I love, I love Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1 says this. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, y'all know I like the message because it's a paraphrase that kind of brings out a little bit of different things in it, and I like that. So this is what the message says. So, 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 so what, am, what am I asking you to do? What am I placing before you to do as you get ready to go back to the world that you came from? What I am placing before you is Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is what the message says. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Oh, that's the big thing right there. Because remember, we're going from hands to face, hands to face, hands to face. And one of the first things you and I realize about God is he is not just a resource. He is, he is not just a resource. He is, he is not just a resource. He is, and you and I, we are resources to point to the Come on, somebody, y'all know what you're talking about. Y'all about to go home and preach to your whole family. They're going to get saved, and you're going to be like, let's go. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. I love this. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. What has God done for you? Embracing what God has done is the best thing that you and I can do for him. Don't become, oh, check it out. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well-adjusted to the culture. Don't become so well-adjusted to what you read and listen to and look at on social media that you fit in without even thinking. It says this, watch this, the source again, the source again. See, the juxtaposition between the resource and the source, the resource and the source. Don't get fixated on the resource. It says right here, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So how do I continue this journey from hands to face, hands to face, hands to face? Two words come out from that scripture Remember and recognize. Look at the person next to you and say, remember. Look at the person next to you again and say, remember. I don't know why I got like Lion King vibes in there. It's like Simba, remember. Remember where you come from. Remember. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Okay. Asanta son, Okay. I love Disney. I love Disney. Pray for me. Okay. I do. I do. I do. I have a hat and everything. 
How do I continue this journey from hands to face? How do I continue this journey from hands to, hands to face? Remember and recognize. Two words. Remember and recognize. Remember and recognize. Remember and recognize. Remember that God is the source. Remember that God is the source. Your friends aren't the source. Your parents aren't the source. Let me get it. Let me, let me land this a little closer into your heart. You are not the source. So it's okay that you don't know everything. It's okay to acknowledge I don't know everything. What did Solomon do at the beginning? He said, I'm a child. God, I'm a child. I don't know how to do this. Like, like, and remember the low-key killer? Remember the low-key killer is that pride, that sin of pride that comes in, and the sin of pride will say, fake it till you make it. No, you better fake it till you make it. You got you to gotta have it together because you're going to be so embarrassed when people realize and understand that you have been faking the Christianity for three years, buddy. Don't tell anyone about your sin. See, that's the sin of pride. That's what pride will try to tell you. That's that low-key killer that gets into your head and says, don't ask for help. Push it down. Push it down. Let me ask you a question. If your sink is clogged and you can't get stuff out of the sink and nothing going through the sink, the first thing you do if you have a clogged sink is put more stuff in the sink, right? Yeah. Y'all didn't get, y'all, y'all didn't applaud like the way I thought. That's not. See, see look, look. Yeah, it's a clogged sink. So obviously you put more stuff in the clogged sink. You don't, yeah. You don't do that. You don't put more stuff in the clogged sink. You try to figure out why the sink is clogged so you can take whatever is clogging it out. Isn't it wild that sometimes we treat our household appliances better than we treat ourselves? That's bananas. That's bananas. You would never put a garbage disposal next to yourself and say, what's more valuable? What's more valuable? No. But so often we treat ourselves or we treat our our household appliances better than we treat ourselves. And I'm just just here to tell you, family, that, that, that asking for help, remembering that you are not the source, remembering that you can't do it all, you don't know it all. But there's a reason why you want to be able to do it all. There's a reason why you want to be able to know it all. Why? Because you're built different. You're built different. I saw my guy Isaac had shoes on today. I was like, what happened? Like, what happened? I hope you're okay, man. I love you. I pray your feet are fine. I pray your feet are fine. But you're built different. What does that mean? You're built with eternity in your heart. So you want to do big things. You want to do great things. You want to have big dreams. You want to make an impact on this world. But you have to know, we have to know as we go, we have to know that God is the source of any impact that you and I want to make on this side of eternity. Remember and recognize, remember and recognize, remember, God is the source, don't settle for the resource. Don't be the Taco Bell burrito guy. Can I get some people in here that will hold their friends accountable when you see your friends becoming the Taco Bell burrito guy or the Taco Bell burrito girl? Just be like, don't be the the Taco Bell burrito girl. Don't just go to God to meet all your needs and then leave God at the church. Let God walk with you. Bring God into your life with you. You and I are a resource pointing ourselves and people to the source. We talked about fearing God, and this is what Solomon says. He says, fear God. And you remember we said fear God. To fear God is to what? Start with God. Letting his word carry weight in your life. To fear God is to believe in God. Amen. To fear God is to trust God. Oh, y'all, y'all blessing my life. To fear God is to y'all see how. Y'all sounded like y'all enjoying God when you said that. Thank you. Goodness gracious. It's to enjoy God. Believe God. Start with God. Believe God. Trust God. Enjoy God. And realize and recognize and know that 
I'm built for eternity. What does that mean? You wrote this down last night. Eternity is in my heart. Eternity is now. Eternity is knowing Jesus. Eternity is in my heart. Eternity is now. Eternity is knowing Jesus. Recognize and remember. Recognize and remember. Remember, what did God do this weekend? What did he do in your life this weekend? I want to encourage you, when you are on your way, wherever you're going, in between the nap you're going to take, or when you get back into your cabin time in just a few minutes, I want to encourage you, write down one thing that God did. Can I give you a can I give you an after camp when you get home hack real quick? After camp when you get home hack. Because you're going to be tired. You don't want to deal with nobody. You don't want to talk to nobody. But guess who's going to want to talk to you? Your mom and dad. The ones who forked out all the money for the Lord to meet you up here. Amen? Amen? So let me give you a when you get home hack. Easy. Get one thing that God did and tell them that. It could be, it could be, hey, hey, honey, how was, how was camp? Because I'm, I'm the same way. I get excited. My kids go to camp now, and usually not, now I'm not necessarily the speaker at every one of their camps. And so I get to go. I'm like, mm, what, what the camper do? Was he as good as me? What you think? You know, like things like that. <laughs> things like the pride. It's, it's, it's there, too. I need Jesus. And so I'm asking him, and, 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 and I, I am anxious because I want to know, how did God meet you? What did God do? Let's go, let's go, let's go. So your parents want to know. So I want to encourage you, don't stiff arm them. But just tell them this, I learned how to go from the hands of Jesus to the face of Jesus. Drop the mic, go get a nap. They're going to be like, oh my goodness, oh my, that's so good. And they're, they're going to be like, what, teach me, teach me. And you're going to be like, well, here's the thing, you have to know, eternity's in your heart. And I'm out. Right? You just drop nuggets all week. And they're going to be like, oh, you want more allowance? You could go out and do whatever. I'm just giving you these hacks because I'm a parent. I know what would bless my kids. I know. Or me. I know what would bless me. So remember what God has done. I'm going to try to breeze through these last few because there's something special that I want to do at the end here. Remember what God has done. Remember that, that you are loved. And remember that what happened here does not have to stay here. You have more control than you think. You have more control than you think. Don't just think God only moves up here on a mountain. God mobilizes you on a mountain to move where you're going. He mobilizes you up here so that you can see him clearly, so that you can know him. And now what does it look like for you, not just to take what you've learned, but what does it look like for you to take the mountain down to your bedroom? What does it look like to take the mountain, this mountain, this experience, what does it look like to take this down to where you, because look, you, you have been inundated with Christianity, right? You have been inundated with Jesus. You're going, I, I, we've spoken together four times about Jesus. You're talking to friends about Jesus. You are in a community where we just all love Jesus. You have to recognize, remember and recognize, remember and recognize, recognize that you are going to a, back to a world that is is hostile to your faith. It's hostile, fam. What does that mean? Peep the, the, the victory bus isn't going to be rolling in when you go to school tomorrow. Your friends aren't going to be like, bro, what did Jesus do, dude? Like, tell me. Oh, was worship crazy? Did you lift your hands? Your homegirls ain't saying that. Your homegirls are not going to be saying that. But just because they aren't saying it doesn't mean that you have to deny that it happened. Just because you're going to this hostile environment, it's hostile to your faith. You have to recognize that, fam. We are no longer in a world where it's awesome to be believers in Jesus, okay? It may be awesome to be believers in a Jesus that I custom fit to my life. Ooh, I'll follow this Jesus that accepts my sin the way I want it to be accepted. No. We follow the Jesus that is revealed to us in the scriptures. 
We follow the source, not a source that we try to make up, that we want for ourselves. But I'm telling you, family, the world is hostile to our faith. You have to recognize that and hold on to your faith desperately. How do you do it? How do you do it? Oh, let me give you a few more things to recognize. Identify one area. Oh, check this out. Identify an area of your life where you can put God first. Now, I'm getting super practical because I, 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 I love the, whoa, I love the hallelujah. I love the hallelujah. I live in the hallelujah, but I want to give you a how. Amen. Can I do that? Can I give you the hallelujah and the how? I want to give you the hallelujah and the how. So how do I keep this going? How do I keep going from the hands to the face? Small steps. Small steps. So maybe you're not going to go home and read the whole Bible all the way through on Monday. Maybe that's not the goal. But maybe the goal is simply all the scripture that I was given this weekend, I'm going to assign one day to every single scripture, and I'm going to read that scripture every day. Or I'm going to get one scripture, and I'm going to read that over myself every single day before I get on social media. Little things, little steps that you and I can take to put God first. Little steps that you and I can take to depend on the source. Can I invite you to recognize potential bad resources that you have connected to? Potential bad resources that you have connected to. Okay. I, I, I never do this, but this blessed me, so I had, I had to do this. I follow this thing on Instagram that tracks um, social media trends and mental health. And so this, this, this thing, what it did is it broke down um, the top five uh, social media apps dealing with different aspects of mental health. So I just want to give this to you real quick. Um, the top five apps flagged for, well, this might not be relevant. Uh, raise your hand if you have anything to do with social media in any way, shape, or form. Is it, is it? Raise your hand. Can I see? Okay, it's, just, it's a little relevant. Okay, hallelujah. Put your hands down. Okay, all right. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe I'm the only one that cares about these things. Okay, check this out. Top five apps flagged for severe sexual content. Kick, X, or Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Tumblr. Top five sexual, severe sexual content. So if you struggle with sexuality in any way, you, I, I would invite you to rethink how often you are on these different social media apps. I got a few more for you. I got a few more for you. Top five apps flagged for severe suicidal ideation. Top five, top five apps flagged for severe suicidal ideation. Number one's Instagram. Number two, Snapchat. Number three is Discord. Number four is Reddit. Number five is TikTok. So if you, if you struggle in any way, shape, or form with suicidal ideation, which I, I told you I struggled with that when I was in seventh grade, and I, I actually tried to take my own life in seventh grade, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. This is super practical. We've been living in the hallelujah all weekend. This is how. This is how we put God first. You and I have to recognize that some of the resources are not good for us. I'm not saying give everything up all at once. I'm saying maybe limit your time with some of these apps. Top five apps flagged for depression. Top five apps flagged for depression. One is Instagram. Two, Snapchat. Three, Steam. Four, I know, it's crazy. It's like, what, huh, huh? Four, four, Discord. Five, TikTok. Top five apps flagged for depression. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Top five apps flagged for body image concerns. Body image concerns. 
Meaning you look at these apps, you're, looking, you're thinking about your body image. These are body image concerns. Number one, Instagram. Number two, Snapchat. Number three, Kick. Number four, Reddit. Number five, TikTok. Top five apps flagged for severe bullying. I know. I know. We don't struggle with that. We don't, I don't struggle with that. I'm, I don't get bullied. I'm fine. I'm fine. All right, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Listen up. Listen up. Number one is Kick. Number two is Snapchat. I know it's surprising. Number three is Instagram. Number four is Discord. Number five is TikTok. Some of y'all are like, yeah, huh? Some of y'all are like, you know what's up. Okay, top five. I got two more lists, two more lists, two more lists. Top five apps flagged for hate speech. Hate speech. Look at y'all. You're like, I already know. I'm already ready. Okay, listen up, listen up. This one's going to surprise you. Number one's going to surprise you. Number one, Spotify. Number two, number two, Instagram. Number three, Snapchat. Number four, Kick. Number five, Tumblr. Last one is this, last one is this. Top five apps flagged for severe violence. Y'all already know. I love this because this is y'all's wheelhouse. You, you know what's happening. You are in the chats. Severe violence. Number one, Steam. Number two, Instagram. Number three, Snapchat. Number four, Kick. Number five, Reddit. Okay. 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 Old people on Facebook, it's fine. I am. I'm on Facebook. Okay, now check it out. Bring it in, 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 bring it in. Why do I do that? I felt led to do that simply because you need to know that you can choose your heart. You know what you struggle with. And so often we identify what we struggle with and then we go to a source that reinforces the struggle. You go to a source that reinforces your depression. You go to a source that reinforces your self-esteem issues. This is what we do. This is what we do. And I, 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 I wanted to read that so that you can see, like, these resources that some of, some of us have every single one of these on our phones, and we dial into them multiple times every single day. I get annoyed at myself. I just wake up sometimes and I just go to Instagram and I'm like just scrolling. I don't even know what I'm doing. I sometimes just pick up my phone and, and my, I have my, my finger and my body has memorized where my apps are <laughs> on my phone. And I'm just like. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to send that to 25 people. Like this. But family, 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 if you can get that, and if you can start getting these little victories on this little device, what you can do is you can then take and help people with the little victories that they need, that they keep struggling with on their device. See, I want to make this practical. I want to make this real because our God meets us right where we are. Our God meets us right where we are. I am almost done. Start off small. Last few things is take a look at your group of friends. Ooh. Um, okay, this is one of the hardest things to do, but I want to challenge and encourage you. Some of your friends... Might not need to be your friends after this season. Or maybe you just need to take a break from them. Maybe you just need to take a break from them. I talk to my sons and I tell my sons, I'm like, not everybody deserves access to you. Not everybody deserves access to you. I tell that to my sons. 
and you need to see yourself. You need to see yourself how God sees you. You are valuable. Not everybody deserves intimate access into your bedroom. And here's what I mean by that. If you see your relationships with people, if you see yourself like a house, the most intimate place in your house is your bedroom. That's the place where you have all of your stuff. That's the place where you are most comfortable, in your bedroom. What the mistake that we make so often is we let people into our bedroom when they don't deserve access to our bedroom. You need to understand, family, some people in your circle, they just need to be front yard friends. They just need to be front yard friends. Meaning, you just, we just hang out in the front yard. You can't come in my house. You're my front yard friend because I don't trust you. I don't know you like that. You wouldn't go off the streets and be like, hey, I know we just met and you look a little deranged, but why don't you come play Xbox with me in my bedroom? What do you think? Some of y'all are crazy and would do that. Your parents would be like, get out of my house. You have to be okay with putting people in the front yard and letting them be your front yard friend. Oh, but then there's some friends that, okay, you put, there's some time in with you. Okay, they could get on the porch with me now. You can sit on my porch. You can't come in my house yet. No. That's reserved for people where, 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 where they can trust some, some of the hard things. But so often what we do is we are so quick to want to be in friendships and relationships. We let people have access to the intimate parts of our life and they don't deserve it. When you go back down that hill, identify who deserves. Some of, ooh, can I keep it 100? Some of the people in your life don't even deserve to get past the fence. I know, yeah, yeah. They fence friends. Stay at the fence. You can't get past the fence. I got the guard dogs right here. They can't get past the fence. But you have to be willing to do that. That's a tool that you can do and that you can use as you go down the hill. Last few things is this. Um, can I encourage you? I just talked to you about your social media intake. I just talked to you about the relationships that you have. How do you get closer to Jesus in this season and continue to go after his face and not just his hand? Can I tell you, listen to worship music. Listen to worship music. This, this is, how many of you guys have the stat from um, your Spotify or your Apple music? You guys did that and you posted it probably, hallelujah. I did the same thing. Check this out. I had, listening to music last year, I had 122,020 minutes of music. That's crazy. Now watch this, watch this. I, I asked Siri this the other day. That is 84.74 days of music. That's crazy. Here's what's bananas. I didn't know it was crazy until one of my friends, I posted it on my Instagram. One of my friends, he's like, bro, that's wild. That's a lot of music. And then I was like, bro, that is wild. That's a lot of music. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why is this so much music? Every night in my house, my whole house, we listen to Elevation Worship, Maverick City where we listen to worship music before we go to sleep as we're going to sleep. And it plays all night. Now, my sons, they wake up and they listen in the, I don't know, craziness. But here's what I do know. When they're going to sleep, they're listening to worship music. And what I have seen happen to my sons, my sons are by no means perfect, but I get the opportunity not just to stand on a stage and look at a bunch of 16, 17, 15, 14 year olds and talk to them about the Lord. I get to see how this is impacting the kids in my own home. My sons, they listen, they got freedom. They listen to whatever they want to listen to. But I have heard my sons when they are going through a season in their life, I have heard them say, hey Siri, play voice of God. I've heard them. I've heard, I've also maybe heard them say, hey Siri, play, drop it like it's hot music. I've heard, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Safe space. But I, can, I, can I encourage you, fam, like, 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 go to sleep listening to worship music. Just throw it on. Throw it on, leave it on. Throw it on and leave it on. And I want to encourage you to pray. Look at the person next to you and say, we got to pray. 
I got to, I know y'all praying that I finish. I'm about to be done right now. We got to pray. Here's a few things I want to give you about prayer. And if you are a leader in this space, can I, I, I want to give this to you for prayer too. So if you take notes as a leader, I want to, I want to invite you to, 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 to write this down in your prayer life. Befriend silence in prayer. What does that mean? It's okay to shut up. It's okay. It's okay. See, prayer is not, prayer is not an opportunity for me to just rattle off everything to God. He already knows it. Prayer is more for me than it is for God. Prayer is for me to commune with the creator, with the source. So it's okay to be quiet. Be quiet. I want to invite you to reframe distractions. Anybody, when you try to pray, all of a sudden you have different voices in your head. It's like your, your to-do list is popping every, you're like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do that. Twitter, Instagram, right? <laughs> like All these things. I want to encourage you, reframe distractions. Reframe them. One thing that I try to do is when I'm praying and the distraction comes in, I try to just write it down so I can get it away from me, get it out of my head. So reframe it. Even reframing it like this, Lord, I thank you. You saw that thought just pop into my head. It was crazy. I'm praying with you and I should not be thinking like that. It popped into my head. God, I want to give it to you right now. Reframe distractions. Reframe distractions. Um, prayer is not something we master but an act that forms us. Let prayer shape you and form you in this season. And then this last thing, last thing is this. Trust that God will always be waiting for you with open arms. Trust that God will always be waiting for you with open arms. Can I get keys for just a few moments? Trust that God will always be waiting for you with open arms. Do not lose the vision of a God who loves you. Do not lose the vision of a God who pursues you. Amen. We saw that last night. He's chasing after you. He's not turning his back on you no matter how often you turn your back. You and I, we turn our backs on him. He's chasing us down. And then the last thing, the last big thing, and this is truly the last thing, I promise can we turn the house lights up just a little bit, if that's possible? The last thing that I want you all to do as you go down this hill is I want you to take advantage of a few people. And I want to invite every pastor, every leader to just stand up right now. Will you stand up? If you said yes to youth, in any way, shape, or form, stand up. Now check this out. Now check this out. Here's what you need to know. And, I, and I'm going to invite you. I want, I want to invite you to stay locked in for just a few more minutes. Here's what you need to know. These men and women of God standing up right now, they have lives. They go, no, check it, no, shh, listen, 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 listen. Because when it comes to them, I take it very seriously. So listen, they will not stand before you and tell you the hard conversations that they have had. They will not stand before you and tell you the struggles that they are having in their own faith. They will not stand before you and tell you, I'm struggling in my own marriage. I'm struggling with my own bouts of fear. I'm struggling with my own moments of depression. They will not stand before you and tell you that. They will not tell you that they have bills that they have to pay and ministry ain't making them rich. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you how many times they've stood before you praying and they felt like failures themselves. They won't tell you how many times they've taken your baggage upon them knowing that they're carrying so much of their own. They won't tell you that. But what they will do is they will keep putting your hands in the hands of the source that their hand is in. They'll keep showing up for you. 
They'll keep pointing you to Jesus. They'll cry with you. They'll suffer with you. Even though they're crying and suffering on their own. So what do I want you to do when you go down this hill? I want you to be thankful for every person standing up. Oh, we've had fun. It's been great speaking to you and being on the stage. And we, holla glory, whatever. They're going home with you. Everything that I said on this stage, they have said to you in one way, shape, or form. They are with you. They see you. They love you. They are the hands and feet of Jesus. They are the resource that is there to point you to the source. Don't take them for granted. They'll never say this. Because they don't do what they do for this. They do what they do because they simply love Jesus. And they love a generation of young people. And they see a generation of young people who are looking for help in so many different places. But every person standing up has seen that the hope, the help that you need is found at the feet of Jesus. They love you. They love you. And they want to see Jesus move in and through your life. But can, I, can, can we take an opportunity to love them right now? Not with applause just yet. We're going we're to celebrate them because they are worthy of being celebrated. But if you can, I just want you to put your hand or stretch your hand towards your youth leader, your pastor. Because what you guys don't know, man, you don't know that it's sometimes hard to get juiced up to do a game. It's hard to get juiced up and pumped sometimes to get a game when you just got into an argument with your spouse. Or when you don't know who's going to pick up your kids. Or when you don't know if you are properly understanding the Bible, but you have to teach it to kids. So we're not going to take their yes for granted. But we're going to pray for them. So right now, serious business, nobody moving. Lord, thank you. Thank you for every single leader that has said yes to you. Lord, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would fill them with the power and the light of your spirit. That they would know that they are seen by you, known by you, loved, called for such a time as this by you. Will you encourage them in their faith, Lord? Will you encourage them in who you have created and called them to be? Will you let them know that they are complete and lacking nothing because you are inside of them? Will you let them know, God, that you see the heart that they face? Will you let them know, God, that your spirit is with them and they are called for such a time as this and there is nothing too hard or difficult that you can do in and through them. Oh, God, I pray for supernatural confidence and supernatural courage. Courage in the men and women that have said yes to you in a generation. God, fill them up. Give them a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, a fresh word for their hearts, a fresh word for their families, a fresh word, God, that they would know that they have not been left nor forsaken. Have your way, God. Give them wisdom. Ah, God, just like Solomon prayed. Give them wisdom. Give them wisdom to lead. Give them wisdom to do what only you can do. You've given them this generation to pour into. Will you give them wisdom in how to do it, God? And Lord, for those of them that felt like giving up in these past few seasons, and even the leaders here at Hume too, God, where the rat race has become difficult and challenging, God, will you just in this moment let them know 
that they can, in fact, do all things through you that gives them strength. That you are the hope that they need. That you have not left them. That all that they need, they have in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for who they are in you. We love them and we celebrate them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Just minister your love to them. Some of them have been overwhelmed and they're moving into overwhelming seasons. Minister your love to them right now, King. You will provide all that they need. They're not alone. They're not by themselves. They haven't missed it. I thank you that Comparison is defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, comparison is defeated, God, and I just speak over them. What you have for them is for them. What you have for them is for them. No one can stop what you have for them, God. So, Lord, we thank you for it. We give you praise because you alone worthy. We love you and we thank you for our leaders and our pastors and how they point us so brokenly beautifully to you. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, give it up for your leaders. Can we stand up on our feet? I think we are going to get our worship on. I'm not 100% sure, but I think we are. Thank you guys for having me. Leaders, pastors, thank you all for everything this week. You guys are a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.